Welcome to the Movement Made Better podcast, powered by Stick Mobility. We are your hosts, Dennis Dunphy and Neil Valera. Hello, welcome everyone to the Movement Made Better podcast. Today's guest is a very good friend of ours, Justin Curley, uh, living out in Boulder, Colorado, uh, so Fort Collins, Colorado. Whoa, Sorry, whoa. my brother, my bad, bro. <laughs> Fort Collins, bro. So uh, yeah, Justin, uh, go ahead and uh, give a little introduction on yourself, brother. You guys know it for the most part, but I guess everyone listening doesn't. But yeah, so I met you guys 15 years ago, almost now, which is wild. And you know, I was like every other little meathead that thought you could be a personal trainer. And I say I almost a wannabe meathead at the time because <laughs> what really like what we guys really started hanging out. Dennis and I were both renting space at a raised built tough gym. I was like, yeah, I'm going to squat this 405. And I got to maybe like an eighth of the way and the bar rolled over my head into the, into the <laughs> squat rack. And I went, oh man, I don't know what I'm doing as a trainer. <laughs> I was probably like 19, 20 years old. Dennis kind of took me on him and then and Mitch Taylor at the yeah. time. I took me under the wing and then I met Neil. Beyond the point. So that's how I got into fitness, really. That's how I, you know, I was personal trainer at 24-Hour Fitness. I met Dennis there originally. We both rented the space from Ray's Built Tough Gym. I exposed myself by not knowing how to be able to squat. Dennis and I became buddies, and then who I met Neil through. But then simultaneously, and then I like to think that actually is like a grace, because I think you guys helped evolve my fitness. Like my look towards it, you know, and my outlook towards it. I was the guy who would read Arnold's Encyclopedia of Modern Bodybuilding and Muscle and fitness magazines put together workouts, no matter what your goals were, right? Like, all right, cool. <laughs> uh, so, as far as like, how I got into the industry, that's kind of the recap there. And then also simultaneously, I was in the independent circuit, quote unquote, of pro wrestling. So I was what we call, I guess, more of a jobber to, in the WWE world, right? Like WWE would come into town, they would need someone to get beat up, pretty much, and they would call me. But then, you know, that was. The ultimate goal was to work for them full time. So simultaneously, I was doing the independent circuits and making my way up, my name known through that, which was another thing. I was 20 years old, I think, and my body was already starting to bug. And then so between not knowing how to be able to squat and being in the ring all the time, I that's when I quickly realized, okay, I need to make some sort of transition here away from, for the lack of a better term, meathead lifting to being able to at least touch my toes and, and, and squat properly and et cetera. From there, I hope, like to think I evolved. You know, you, you guys and I would go went on many a road trips down in Southern California, perform better seminars, hey, whatever we could find, Indian club seminars, idea seminars, and really just started uh, throwing ideas around. That's when Neil and I came up with the, the like, Stupid straw. We started bullshitting a little bit about stupid strong, and then we'd bullshit about like, you know, it'd be scary, a gorilla that's a ninja, and like, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> so that led to just, you know, that stayed dormant for years. And then 2014, moved out to Colorado, Fort Collins, Colorado, from San Jose, where we were training together. My wife and I decided, you know, we want to open a gym out here. So two, three, almost three years ago now, we opened a gym. And all that stuff came back to fruition. And uh, Get Stupid Strong and, and Ninja Gorilla Baby are our two, like, hashtags all everyone uses right now. <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at as far as in the fitness world. That's kind of how I got, got going. I started off like everybody else wanted to be a personal trainer because it was like a fun job. I was also simultaneously doing pro wrestling met you guys and like to think I kind of evolved from there until eventually being able to open my own studio out here in Colorado. Very uh, nice. Dude. 
You've done a shitload already in your life. Well, not already. I'm not that young anymore. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Got more to do, hopefully. As far as the wrestling is concerned, how did your workouts change as far as when your perspective uh, changed? Uh, I would say I was very aesthetic based, which I think you have to be in pro wrestling, right? You got to look the part, but you also got to be able to move. Right. And so I was very aesthetic based, very like classic, you know, I'm going to do back and biceps, chest day and arm day, leg day, et cetera, et cetera. And I would almost beat myself to an oblivion to where I couldn't really, you know, he's the old saying like, Oh, I, so sorry, I must have had a great workout, but then I couldn't perform. I couldn't do anything. You know, I couldn't touch my toes, like I mentioned. I could, you know. So then I realized, okay, there's more to being strong than just being strong, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's strength is relative terms. So then I would say I evolved to, you know, end range control stuff before I knew what end range control was, right? You guys were introducing me to that and working on mobility, flexibility started playing around with more, I guess, conditioning and strength put together rather than just walking on a treadmill with my cardio. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you know, got introduced, Neil introduced me to, to, to Pavel and kettlebells in general, pretty much, and Dan John. So I really started following a lot of what they, what they had to say and looking into that. Fell in love with kettlebells for a long time, still in love with them, but I felt I could, I could build an aesthetic base while also building an athletic performance base, right? It's always been the goal. I, I think I just kind of evolved as far as, okay, uh, I need to focus on building a base, a foundation, and then all the aesthetic stuff is just the topics, right? It goes on mm-hmm. top. I started learning more about programming properly, how, how to work out without using machines for the most part, you know, open open chain movements as opposed to closed chain, and really fell down that rabbit hole, for lack of a better term, which transitioned great into the ring because I was able... I was quicker. I was more agile. My my bumps or or my falls, you know, however you want to look at it, were becoming better. I was getting higher on my hip tosses. You know, just little things that started to expose themselves very quickly in, in in a beneficial way. So I stuck with it and learned how to deadlift and squat properly. Learned how to swing some kettlebells, snatch some kettlebells. You know, started then that led into I think rather than thinking of okay, I got to do a chest day, a back day, an arm day, and a leg day, etc. Thinking of the body as one unit. Right. And, and thinking, okay, well, what do we do? We squat, hinge, push, pull, you know, we rotate and rotate, have a, and then have a gate motion, right? So start falling in love with carries and heavier, like different sled drags, working in transverse planes of motion a lot more rather than just being front and back, sagittal, bench press, incline press, decline press, chest fly. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> start working in that, that transverse plane and being able to rotate, you know, like you always say, Dennis. Power lives in rotation, right? And sort of, you know, wrestling, it, don't get me wrong. It's a show to suspend disbelief, but you got to be able to move. You got to be able to base and support yourself and other people, right? And so I found quick benefit in just building the foundation before putting the house up, pretty much, right? Putting the cart, what was my mom say? Putting the horse cart, before the, the cart. cart yeah. yep. <laughs> well, how many hours, as far as practice in the ring, how many hours would you be putting in, uh, let's say, on a uh, weekly basis? So I was, I went to APW in Hayward, California, all pro wrestling. They do a six month program and it's, you know, they have the beginner's class, intermediate class, semi-pro, and then make your debut. And then you're still, still supposed to go to the semi-pro classes, et cetera. Right. So when I first got started, I, I wrestled in high school, played football for seven years and wrestled for four, got out of high school and realized I didn't want to do either of those things anymore. <laughs> 
And so my girlfriend at the time was like, dude, you won't shut up about WWF. Just go call this dude, right? And I found them via documentary Beyond the Mat. Anyway, went there and realized like, okay, I'm in better shape than a lot of these guys. I could do this, right? So then between that and having somewhat of athletic ability from, from wrestling, I picked stuff up pretty quickly, right? And then when I started kind of transitioning my training style, I picked stuff up even quicker. So I did the beginner's class, which was a, two days a week. And then I would do Saturdays, which was an open mat. And then they invited me like, hey, man, we can speed up this process. You can do the semi-pro or the intermediate class. I'm sorry, the intermediate class with the beginner's class simultaneously. If you can make it Monday through Thursday. Mm. So I started going Monday through Thursday, which and there were about three-hour practices, about 12 hours. And then sometimes Saturday or Sunday, we'd go do open mat stuff for another couple hours. So 12 to 15 hours in a week as I made my debut and I started getting promoted more, making my way through the circuits, you know, up in California and wherever it would be, my, I would say I started cutting back on the beginner's class. Never, you never have too much fundamental, so I always tried to go, but I would cut back on those and then so probably cut down to maybe six to eight hours a week at that time. You know, further down the road, I ended up becoming a instructor, a coach for Pro Wrestling Revolution out of San Jose. I, you know, still practice, but I stopped, I started leading the practice and started practicing myself less but i mean they intertwine right they're almost mm-hmm. one in the same and that was three days a week for two three hours so six to eight hours probably and then how much how much time in the gym were you training uh, you know back back when i was i had the time i would do an hour and a half two hours probably but you know it, it i would fall in love with something right i'd be like oh my god foam rolling and i would foam roll for an hour and then go lift for <laughs> i had the time i had nothing else to do you know what i mean like, oh my God, kettlebells. I'm just going to practice these for an hour. Okay, cool. Now I'm going to go actually, you know, what I mean? <laughs> like, so I was putting in probably an hour and a half, two hours at the time, you know, five, four or five times a week. But again, like that, a lot of that time was spent on either recovery or starting to learn about mobility, et cetera. Did a lot of those aches and pains that you were feeling when you were, you were 20, you know, doing more of the bodybuilding style training go away. Definitely. I mean, with any sport, right? Especially contact sports, you have your contact injuries and whatnot, you know, your bumps and bruises, but I'm able to rebound from the, you know, you twist an ankle or something. If as long as you're, I feel like if you're strong in that range of motion, like that, you just went through this, you're strong in that range of motion, you're going to come back a little quicker, right? So the contact injuries were there, but I would say my, like my shoulders didn't hurt for no reason, you know, just because I couldn't reach behind my back. You know, I, it, my shoulders didn't hurt for no reason. My hips weren't bugging me from just running the ropes, you know, or trying to go a lateral cut wrong way or something like that. So yeah, I guess long, short story boring. <laughs> uh, yes, they did start going away. And then, yeah, and I still, I still try to train in that same matter. And, it, and I, I don't wrestle anymore, but I've, I've taken up the art of jujitsu, I guess, yeah. for the last four and a half years, five years almost now, which is crazy. What belt um, are you now? Uh, I'm only a blue belt. I probably took about the last 11 months off because of the mm-hmm. pandemic. And then we all, and then because we had a baby last February 26, he's going to be one years old in three weeks. Hey. So before, between the baby and the pandemic, took some time off. I've been getting back on the mat though, about the last month, but uh, same thing, man. Now, now I'll spend more time. I'll still do my primary <laughs> lifts. You know, I still building the base, but now I, I see even more function to the end range control stuff. Like, you know, getting more on my right side is a lot easier than on my left side. Like, well, why is that? Cause my, ro- you know, my rotation of the shoulders sucks. So I start working on that stuff. And all of a sudden I'm like, okay, like 
<laughs> be in this position, but I'm not tapping yet. You know? <laughs> so, you know, maybe I got to work on my skill a little bit more so I don't end up there. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely seen the benefit in jujitsu like, for sure. You just whisper in the person's ear, you're like, I still got more range, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just going uh, to flex out of this. <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> but there's so much strength factor to that ground-based application and i think that's what i think people people kind of overlook that too much i agree it's meant you know it's a sport meant to use size against you Mm -hmm. but if you get a powerful dude who's just a skilled i mean it always helps right and now if you start building like we were talking about earlier would the hulk be stronger if you trained Mobility, you know, like, it's a legit you know, question. A it's, a legit question. <laughs> it's a legit question. It's a totally I mean, legit you know, question. You start training mobility and end range control, and you know, movement in awkward, you know, putting your joints in awkward, safe, being safe, but putting them in weird force building scenarios. And all of a sudden, you're like, Yeah, this is ground game, Turkish get ups, all that, like all that stuff on the floor. I, I saw you doing what were you doing, shrimps with the band on you the other day on Instagram, something like that. Oh, and I had the what's the strap, the serape strap. So I was yeah. doing just the roll pattern out of it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, just the like kind of the half, the starting point of the Turkish getup, just getting that yeah. roll pattern. But I love the straps for that ground based yeah. style work. It's interesting to see how many trainers aren't comfortable, or actually, I say I should say a lot of clients aren't comfortable being on the floor and yeah. moving around on the floor. There's almost clients to where I'm, I'm trying to program like, all right, let's just do all our floor-based stuff now. So I don't have to, I mean, I want, I, eventually the goal mm-hmm. is to be able to make, you know, feel the human better, right? You should mm-hmm. be able to get up and down off the floor, hopefully forever, right? But there's certain clients that are almost like, I'm going to program all the floor work now yeah. until we're strong enough to be able to get up and down and up and down. It's crazy. It's, but yes, going back to where you were, it's crazy how many people are uncomfortable on the floor. I watch, my wife gives me shit all the time because I sit on the floor and watch TV. She's like, dude, we had this giant couch. I'm like, yeah, but... Like, <laughs> well, what is it? Well, the book Exercise by Daniel Lieberman, he talks about when they were observing the tribe. Yeah, like that, how we were actually evolved to sit. Yeah. You know, just not in chairs. Yeah, sure. But it was interesting because he says that he observed, what, over a hundred different postures just watching people on the floor and how, where they continuously started to change positions yeah. because they, their body just went, okay, I've been in this posture too long adapt. And they would never change. sit longer than, than 12 minutes at a time or something like that. Yeah. It was pretty short. Yeah. We like our lazy boys recliners. Yeah. We just like, just to, like this one right here. Yeah, this one's pretty, this one's pretty comfy. Like I do it looks bad. perfectly contours to your spine. <laughs> <laughs> My lower back's completely tucked right now, but it's super comfortable. <laughs> Until it's time to stand up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you're like, oh, son of a bitch. You're like, damn. Well, you know, it's like we say, you know, the only, the bad posture is the one you spend too much time in. Ooh, the Andre Spina, I think, taught me that originally. Like, right? Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're going to stop being a computer programmer, right? Like... You got to figure out how to change. You can't stay there 40 hours a week. Right. Yeah. What's interesting too is with a lot of the general population, just sitting on the floor with their legs out in front of them, like in an L sit, is uh-huh. super challenging for way too many people. You know, ask, ask 
for them to lift one leg up and watch what really happens, right? Like, oh my god! I, I, <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I love the, like that position, that L-sit position, right? Like to expose people, I should say. I expose myself like this, or like someone comes to the gym, like big guy, big buff, strong, and they're strong. Don't get me wrong, they're super mm-hmm. strong. But then you have them sit tall and then just lift <laughs> one leg off the floor. And you're just like, oh crap! <laughs> Yeah. Or that just that ability to sit in that L position and breathe and just hold it for any sustainable amount of time, yeah. even if it's just for 30 seconds to a minute, it's pretty challenging for a, a lot of unskilled, unconditioned people. Yeah. You ever try to get on the floor and copy the positions that your son can get into? Oh, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. It's wild, dude. Like he just drops into a 90 90, no <laughs> problem. You know, like stands up from there, like, holy shit, can I do that? You know, like, <laughs> Of course I can. I'm an yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It just takes a few reps. Right? <laughs> You're like, give me a minute. Hold on, son. I'll be right there. Just a second. I can only do my left side. <laughs> He's starting to walk now too, man. It's chaos, dude. That that I'm definitely better at walking than he is for sure. That's that part I got down. Well, that's good. That's he looks, good. He looks like a little drunk human. <laughs> <laughs> you moving out to Fort Collins. I mean, that was a huge, huge event. I mean, as far yeah. as, you know, when it you was, moving, living here in California, I mean, that was a big, big it was thing. A scary move. It's a scary thing for sure. Yeah. 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 Especially as yeah. You, you know, you built up a business here in San Jose and then, yeah. you know, there was no, there wasn't really any online training or there, there was, it but was we haven't, it was a thing, but yeah, no one was really taking quiet. advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was really scary. Right. So like, I was saying, yeah, I started at 24 Hour Fitness, stayed maybe a year there, and then started renting space. We, you know, we all went to Raise Built Tough Gym originally, then we migrated to NorCal Functional Fitness. You know, and over that, it was probably over eight years, nine years or something, right? Building clientele and a reputation, above, et cetera. And uh, then it was just one of those moves where my wife and I were like, dude, want to get out of here. And, I wanted to go back to school at the time. My first time around at school, when I was trying to be a pro wrestler, my GPA was not very good. And so <laughs> I only got into a few schools and a few programs. Luckily, I was old. I was almost 30. So I was an adult learner, they call it. So that helped my case. I got oh, to Colorado nice. State. I had known about Fort Collins for a while. I had a good friend that lived out here for work and come out here and just to hang out and party, really, and go to the breweries. But I knew I liked it. It's a fun place. I knew economically it was it was a better move right moving from bay area to fort collins and then so colorado state was located here i got accepted there so i said all right dude we're doing this so we moved out here we bought a home i tried to give my clients who i thought would be the best trainers for them right and you know you you build relationships with these people it's sad to leave but you also got to do what's best for you or what you hope is best for you at least right so came out here and then I played the game of like, okay, I'm going to build a client base. So I got a job at a local gym. It's the Rain Tree Athletic Club. It's a bigger gym, but it's still local. So it's not a chain. It felt it was a good atmosphere. People are great there. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to stay here and build some client base. And then eventually I would like to head out and rent space again. And then I'm like, wow, there's really no space here to rent. And then next thing I know, three, four, almost four years have passed. And I'm still working there when I only wanted to be there a year or two. Three, four years passed. Couldn't find anywhere to rent space. So my wife and I went, Hey man, you've been talking about opening a gym for as long as I've known you. Let's do it. Like, you know, so we, we pulled the trigger and it's been great. It's been scary, especially with COVID, but we did it. We opened November of 2018. We started kind of getting everything ready around March and then dummy over here thought I was going to play general contractor myself. 
you know, do all the <laughs> renovations. And she said, no, bro. <laughs> so I nine weeks for my permit. And so it was a lot of user error on my part. We're sitting on our hands, sitting on our hands. But November 2018, we opened up. Luckily, got past our first year. And then last March, we had our baby last February 26th, March 7th. We got shut down for about seven weeks. So now we've been reopened, though, since early June. And then, uh, yeah, here we are, man. It's been an evolution. You know, it's been a roller coaster of a ride for sure, but it's been fun, man. I'm very lucky to be in a situation that I, and that I have the support system of my, my wife and she's all on board with it, right? And very lucky that the corona, the pandemic hit in my second year, not my first year. Mm, yeah. It definitely took a blow, but at least we had established ourselves a little bit by the time. Have you been able uh, to, to build back to about the same level yeah, prior to the pandemic? We're trying to explore different avenues of, of income, right? My original goal was like, so where I train jiu-jitsu at, they do mixed martial arts. Right? They do jiu-jitsu, they do kickboxing, they do, you know, and they have like their TRX classes, and they do grappling, et cetera. And I play one, pay one flat fee, you know, and yoga studios can be the same. We've got hot yoga and, and I don't do a lot of yoga, but you know, other types of yoga. I, my, I always thought in my head, I was like, understand why someone doesn't do this with like a strength and conditioning and mobility facility right like in my opinion the holy trinity right we'll teach kettlebell classes we'll teach strength classes we'll teach mobility classes and etc so that's still our game plan but also we started to now because we technically opened as a personal service when we reopened in in late may we've kind of seen some benefit to that so we've kind of also transit started transitioning to be more of that personal training studio where right? we're renting space out to to trainers a little more uh, we're focusing on one-on-one clients a little more than our we're still focusing on our classes and everything we love it's fun it's we love that but again to make a long story, a short story boring yes we're getting back to where we were we just had to kind of evolve our avenues to get there pretty much mm. right with you making the jump of moving which is a really big thing that i think a lot of people are uncomfortable with did that and the success of that you had moving and opening up the gym did it does it give you more confidence to be able to take risks that a lot of other people wouldn't do yeah i'd say yeah um you know i've i've always been the guy of like you gotta try right if Mm -hmm. you don't try you'll never know right which is an old cliche but it's obviously true right you'll never know and you'll failure build strength right Mm-hmm. I'm really exposing my true colors with all my nerds uh, talking about the Hulk <laughs> earlier, but like, like Alfred tells Bruce, right? Why do we fall, Master Bruce? Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Back so, up. So, but yeah, you got it. In that, I think you also got to get your wins, right? Otherwise, you just get kicked forever, and it, it does take a toll. And so, yeah, I think I wouldn't say we're there successful yet with the gym yet, but yes, it gave being success, successful in the move and it working out well for us and being able to buy, a, you know, buy a home out here, et cetera, led to the overarching of like, well, let's try it. You know, the overarching confidence of let's try this gym. Right. And if the gym successfully, I, we have ideas of where we want to try to go, go to next, you know, whether it's another hard location or online or mobile or whatever, we we're playing flowing ideas, but again, it kind of comes with the confidence of being successful. Yeah. It's been all right. But it's been fun. Well, I know we're we're coming up on a year of dealing with the pandemic. I mean, what have we seen, or what do what have we observed overall as an industry? What I mean, what are there things that we've kind of noticed or trends that we've seen? Yeah, I mean, I think you're seeing that the trend that people love Peloton, <laughs> 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 right. super successful right now. 
you know, like, so like I was saying, we, we are, we're a strength conditioning mobility facility, strength, probably forefront. We kind of run off of a modified when there's five, three, one programming. Right. So at the end of the day, our goal is to teach people to be comfortable squatting, pushing, pulling and hinging stuff. Right. In a perfect world, we would in my classes, at least in my, in a perfect world, we use a barbell, but we're not afraid to use safety squat bars, trap bars. Someone's not comfortable yet. We'll use kettlebells, et cetera. So that being said, it takes a lot of, a lot of, you know, and then we'll use everything we need. But that being said, it takes a lot of equipment and to build that. So for me personally, I've seen, I've had to see the adaptions of, you know, getting more body weight, strength-based movements or, and, or less equipment, right? Like mm-hmm. we were talking about the straps you were using for your ground game earlier, like stuff like that. Those are great bands. So just going back to kind of like we talked, like I talked about earlier with training for wrestling, but you can never have too much of the fundamentals. So it really made me go back and start refocusing on fundamentals that I have kind of not forgotten about, but kind of put in the back burner. And then, you know, like everyone else trying to evolve with technology, right? Trying to, I think the online game is a game changer right now. And I'm not great at it and I need to be better, but we, we did our thing while we were shut down trying to evolve and I'm watching like my buddy out where you guys are at in San Jose and one of my best friends out there runs hit school and it's a great business, but he goes, you know, he goes to campus with Google and Netflix and well, no one's on campus. Yeah. No one's working out. Right. So now, you know, he, he, I think he did out of, out of the whole pandemic from what I mean, personally the Peloton maybe did a really good job of, of evolving with, the changes in the business, in the industry, right. Of, of mm-hmm. people being scared of contact. I'm a very hands-on trainer, right. I'm, I'm a very push your hips back flat, you know, long time. Like, you know, I'm very hands-on compact the shoulder. Now I'm like with that, with your, with a six foot mobility <laughs> stick, like, all right, <laughs> shoulder back, you know, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure you guys have seen the same or something towards it, or maybe even different stuff, but it's a game changing for sure. I think this has really brought about an attention to understanding where to spend money. Are you going to invest, you, you throw $70,000 worth of into like six big pieces of equipment. And now you're sitting back going, Jesus, I could have spent that $70,000 on and gotten way more out of it. Right. Your whole, your whole gym almost. Right. Yeah. I mean, depending again, depending on what you need, but yeah, you could, Cause you don't yeah. have any big pieces of equipment other than the finisher. That's the only thing that you, yeah, have. we got the finisher, like the finisher flip sled. We have two of those and then air, you know, assault bikes from rogue yeah. and, and some rowers. We would love to get a Versa climber in the future as well. And maybe, or Jacob's ladder either or, but yeah, like that we're probably our priciest piece of equipment. Other than that, a shitload of kettlebells, barbells, sticks, med ball. Mm-hmm. We got, we got our sled. Obviously people love their sled battle ropes. Did you find that that's one of the most surprising costs when you opened up your facility oh, was yeah. actually flooring? For sure. Between the, the rubber flooring and the turf, like both were stupid expensive, right? Yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things when I first opened up my first facility years ago, I was like, holy shit, this flooring thing is no joke. I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah, it came quick. I was like, yeah. oh my God. Were there any other surprise things when you opened up your facility that you weren't expecting cost-wise for people that are thinking about opening up a place? You know, flooring was the biggest one, mm-hmm. but hands down, I would say just overall, like it's not so much specific to gyms, but overall renovations kind of surprised me, right? Of just a, a, what we call, like what they call a tenant. Yeah. Tenant improvements. 
it is it's like it's like anything right you want to redo my kitchen for 10 grand okay yeah sure and then next thing you know it's 30 40 grand right like right yeah all like same thing here like we yeah, didn't think about you know that or this so that i think caught me off guard and then just some of the, like the, the smaller stuff to be honest like the paper towels the soaps the toilet papers especially when the pandemic hit like all that stuff it just adds up you know i thought i had it figured out not realizing how much i'm actually going to use right so it's not a crazy amount but it's just a monthly expense i underestimated for sure so what, what about but, time oh oh easily hands down yeah, yeah time goes yeah especially when we first started you know it was just it was just us jen and i right it was just you're there all the time luckily we put showers in our in our place because uh, there's a lot of just hanging there and, and like lifting in the shower and then doing this is always doing there's always something to do right whether it's computer work or paperwork or cleaning or coaching or training or marketing you know like marketing's huge that kind of i guess would go on those monthly expenses right my wife luckily worked in marketing so she'd shed light to that but i didn't realize how much you know domains and websites and maintenance designers and everything else were going to cost us but we got a good network because she worked in marketing and she had an idea and so very happy with all that but just you know little things like that i think add up that you don't don't expect to mm-hmm. but as far as like one piece of equipment not really other than the flooring to be fair versa climbers are much more expensive than i thought they were going to be but <laughs> yeah they're yeah, expensive I I do, yeah they're not cheap they're like five grand yeah 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 it's always kind of surprising to me how expensive the, some of this stuff really is. It's a great piece of equipment. But. Oh, it's a great piece of equipment. Yeah. But yeah, you yeah, kind of when you know the prices on them, and then you walk into a facility, and you're like, "Holy shit, you got like eight of those things!" You're like, "Damn, you spent a chunk on a chunk of money on that stuff, right?" Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's you crazy, walk in, right? it is. You, especially like you walk into a facility yeah, like lifetime, like Lifetime Fitness. Yeah. And, you know, and they bring in a Woodway, and you're like. You got eight of those things. You're like, yeah. holy <laughs> That's how much I outfitted my gym for. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, like everything in my gym didn't even cost. Right, that, right. You know, also crazy. Like sprint treadmills are cool, but they're crazy expensive too. Yeah. You ever see those kinesis machines? Oh yeah, those are those are cool. A client of mine was like, "Hey, is there anything else you think I should put in my garage gym?" I'm like, "Yeah, you should go uh, go pick up one of these kinesis for your house real quick." <laughs> so he looked up the price. And he's like, sixteen thousand dollars. Didn't Courtside have a bunch of those? Well, we got AVAC right down the street from my wife and I, our house, and they have. Yeah, that's yeah. the only place I've used the kinesis. Cool. I walked in. I was like, oh, you guys got one of these? <laughs> I was like, ching. I was like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So I went there just to use that in the pool. Yeah, I was like, it's I worth it. That. Yeah, it saves yeah. me 16 grand of having to put that in my gym. <laughs> you know, I'm like, hell yeah. I'll use that for myself. No big deal. It got anything in development right now? Just trying to figure out how to be a dad, to be honest. Because <laughs> 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 we got his first birthday coming up. That's been taking a lot of, uh, not that we're having a party. Yeah, he's been taking a lot of our time up, but. Right now, getting our feet back under us if they're not back under us already. So now it's time to figure out what's next in the burner, right? Where we want to go. I would love to do some kind of on-site, kind of like we were talking about some on-site type of stuff, like a mobile on-site. But, you know, people are starting to go back to work out here, but, you know, how long they're going to last. I think the more reasonable option is to figure out what we're going to go, try to figure out like an online platform of some sort. I think that makes the most sense, but no, nothing really in the... With being a dad, 
Has that given you a different mindset as far as, you know, we coaches that don't have kids, you get the 20 year old trainer that's like, Hey, make sure you take plenty of time out through the day for yourself. Right. Like, like anybody doesn't have kids, anybody doesn't have a job. The 20 year old life coach. Right. They're like, no, you make sure you set this aside. And you're like, you need to have this 90 minute morning routine. And you're like, yeah, meditation. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think that's Uh, one of those things, right? You got, you, now you're a dad. You're like, holy shit. Now I understand not having time. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Right. So we were talking about time when we first opened the gym and now it's just as busy, but a whole different aspect, right? It's trying to find time. Now, luckily, we're you know we're two and a half years into the gym, so it, it we don't have to check all those boxes like we did when we first opened it. But now it's time to find time to check all the boxes we need to when he's napping, or you know, and here you watch him. I'm gonna go do this, you know. So yep. it's a lot of back and forth, especially right now in during a pandemic, right? It's kind of it's still a weird time. We're we're trying to socialize them without being stupid, for lack of a better term, about you know the virus and everything. So it's a lot of like, all right, you go to work for two hours. I'll come, well, there'll be a 30 minute gap where we'll come home. Here's the baby. Here's the keys. She'll go to work for two hours. Right. And I'll watch the kids. So yeah, there it's hard, man. Cause you, then you're like, okay, I got to fit my workout in. Right. Luckily I'm lucky enough that I train my classes the way I would train myself. Mm-hmm. So I jump in Monday, Wednesday, Friday with my 7am. And then usually I get a Saturday lift as well. I've started going back to jujitsu a little bit. That's Tuesday, Thursdays for me, sometimes Sundays. But again, it's just finding the time, right? It's, it's, I say Tuesday, Thursdays, but more times than not, it's just Tuesday, right? It's just, but I love it. It's great. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't change it. But now more times than not, when I wake up, like you're talking about a morning routine, I wake up, I do my cars in about four minutes. I go, cool. I probably got a half hour to drink coffee and play some video games. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> this is it. This is all, all the video game time you get today, Justin. <laughs> and then I don't beat the level. I'm all grumpy for the rest of the day. <laughs> What's wrong? Uh, nothing. <laughs> and you know, it's nothing. People, I'm not spitting anything new here, right? But it's got to make you count. Do you want to lift or do you want to play video games? Well, I don't want to play video games, but I need to lift, right? So, <laughs> so yeah, but or train. It doesn't have to be lifting. But you know what I mean? Time's a commodity for sure. I had a client one time telling me, like, you know, everyone says time is money, but only about half the people actually believe it. They don't take themselves serious. They'll say time is money, time is money, but they're not taking their own time serious. And I'm like, huh, that's a really good way to put it. And that's kind of, that was actually, that was that entry. And that was the moment I kind of went. You know, I've got to get on this ball and, and open this gym, like I've been saying for four years, five years. That was kind of the kicker for me right there. With the way we look at time, a lot of us are very um, hypocritical when it comes to how we apply time in one place, but then we don't apply it in the same way in other places. Yeah. It's it's in the context of that moment, you know, because we're always interchanging those type of perspectives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think when you do have young kids, you just, you get more, way more efficient with everything. You got it. You right? don't have time and you're like, I want to fit this in. I need to fit this in. And you just, you just yeah. do it. Like there's no, I've really been working on not. being able to crack an egg with one hand. <laughs> I always have him. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. just crack it on his head. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like Gordon Ramsey makes it look so easy. <laughs> Yeah, because when you don't have kids, you you don't think of things like that. You know, you just yeah. all like, you know, especially like you, know, you talk about lack of sleep, right? Yeah. 
you know? So it's kind of like, and I think for coaches that don't have kids, it's, it's hard to relate to. Yeah. It's a real thing. Like lack of sleep. And it's a, it's a killer, man. You know, people like you were saying how people can be hypocritical of their time. It's amazing to me how many people don't schedule sleep in like enough sleep. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. Dude, maybe it's because I have a kid now that I'm, I I realize how precious it is. Maybe that's why. When I was younger, I, you know, you party till three in the morning, get up for six a.m. quiet. You know, but now, like, he, when he naps, I nap. You know, whatever. It is. Yeah. You're like Gollum. <laughs> You're yeah. like, precious. Like precious time. <laughs> uh, oh, but yeah. So let me ask you guys. Okay. So my dream was to be the the rest a pro wrestler. If you guys weren't trainers, what's your what would your dream job be? You go first, bro. I mean, before before I started training, I wanted to be a pro golfer. Okay, now, I could do that. Yeah, dude, I would just want to go. I would be like a you know who Jimmy Chin is. He's the guy that is uh, the videographer, like an adventure uh, photographer, okay, yeah, 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 and videographer. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would be. There you go. All right. You just kind of travel the world and, you know, go rock climbing, snowboarding, take pictures. That'd be sick. Yeah. That'd be a great gig. Like, I love watching him when he's doing his movies, especially when he, when he gets the moment to talk in front of the camera, but it's amazing. Like you were watching him film Alex Honnold and all these other great climbers, but then you're forgetting he's doing the same shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, right? you gotta be yeah. at yeah. a high level to yeah. keep up with those guys. Yeah. Like he's not yeah. just holding the camera. Like he's on the wall with them doing the, you know, so it's, it's the work that he's got to put in. I bet he can crack an egg with one hand. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I would have loved to have been a, a an announcer for sports. Oh, you'd be a great I could that. Yeah, I could, yeah, but I, I, could I, I know that. I actually couldn't, I, you know, but it was kind of funny. Like, I, I don't know. I couldn't do that. Though. He's too emotional. <laughs> Dude, you know how quickly I'd get fired? I would have gotten fired so quickly. They'd be like, you, Dude, they'd be like, you can't say shit and f- on the TV. I'd be like, dude, I'm watching a game, man. Like, it's going to happen, bro. The first time you have to call the Bears game, dude, he's gone. Oh. <laughs> I'd be like, you sons of bitches. I'd be like, what the hell? They'd be like, okay, you're fired. They'd have to replace me right in the middle of the game. They'd be like, well, he's no longer with us. We brought in, yeah. a, we brought in a backup here. Well, that's why Who's I like the vendor that we found. <laughs> it's a peanut vendor that we found. Anyone will be better. <laughs> Well, because even if I wanted to be a ref, like people have asked me, oh, why didn't you get into refereeing in hockey? And I'm like, because I wouldn't, because I wouldn't be objective. I'd totally be biased. I mean, if I'm, okay. if I'm doing a, a Flyers game, I'd be like, uh, that's the penalty. Why? Because you're wearing that jersey. Get in the box. You're, a flyer. you're wearing a Flyer. Get, you're, dude, get in the box. Get in the box. You're just a Flyer. So get in the box. It's just, get out of here. <laughs> I'd want to be a, a baseball. I'm just so I could throw guys out of the game. Get out of here. Yeah. So uh, that's why I like barstool sports because yeah. it's, it's, I mean, I think, you know, as we, as fans, as we watch games, we get emotional. And yeah. I, I give so much credit to play-by-play and color commentators for being able to restrain themselves. Even if they're considered homers, they're still doing a pretty good job yeah, yeah. restraining their emotions for the most part because, yeah, there's no way I could. I'd be like, that's some <laughs> bullshit right that, there. <laughs> right? But, I, but at the same time, I would love to see us have a choice of being able to to 
to subscribe to an to a broadcast that is unfiltered that is yeah, uncensored i'm really surprised to this day why there hasn't been one because i i i, I think there's a huge market for that if one opens up after this podcast you need some royalties yeah. right i mean I, yeah. i've said it for years well people got sirius xm for that for that exact reason right yeah you know, they got it because they wanted to listen to Howard Stern unfiltered and uncensored, right? So that's the reason why they the Sirius XM took off the way it did. So I think there's a huge market and a huge demand for that and the sports scene too, where give us an unfiltered, give us an uncensored broadcast. Um, you could probably just start one now. Ah. I mean, I don't see any, there's no barriers. And just put it on YouTube and just start. You just have to broaden. Oh, no, you know, that'd be like, weird. You'd have to have the marketing power to broadcast it and say, "Hey, tune into whatever internet channel and listen to my, listen to my." Because you, yeah, you couldn't broad, you wouldn't be able to broadcast the game. Yeah, because yeah. you'd have to pay yeah. for all the rights. But I think a company like Barstool Sports that has the money can. I'm kind of surprised to this day why they haven't said, "Hey, let us do like an adult." You know, and I mean, because you go to these games and dude, that's what you're hearing in the stands. Yeah. You know, people are getting emotional. People want that. You know, I think one of the biggest criticisms of Joe Buck was the fact that he was so monotone and so not emotionally involved in the game when he's announcing it, right? I mean, that was one of yeah. his biggest knocks. <laughs> but but he, you know, he just was just so blah blah blah. You know, he, oh, it's a touchdown. And you're like, Yeah. And people are like, he doesn't even feel like he wants to be there. Like, you yeah, know, where, yeah. where other announcers, you could feel that emotion, you know, like they yeah. got excited, you know, for like both Romo teams. Got, Romo's good at that, actually, for being Tony Romo. Like, he's funny, man. He gets him, he gets excited, you know, yeah. like, it, yeah, and it's fun. Yeah. So I think uh, if you had a, an avenue to be able to do that with, just for the general fan base that would be willing to uh, subscribe to a, to a channel like that. I, th I think there's an untapped market there. I just, yeah. unfortunately, I don't have the capital to do that, but <laughs> trust me, it'd be nice though. Do it, do it with the <laughs> independent pro wrestling. <laughs> this is probably get their product for cheap, bro. <laughs> Well, you had, you, the, by the big show for like 50 bucks. Like, I'll you know, like, <laughs> taking your time. Time is money, right? When you got the call to go down to the SAP center to be in that event, I mean, yeah. it wasn't about the money, right? No, no, exactly. Again, going back to time, right? Being spending the time to be there and shake their hands, meet the right people, hopefully get on their radar. But know? even, even without being able to get those doors open for you, uh, still, when you look back on it, I mean, Jesus, you did something that very few people are ever going to experience, right? Oh yeah, there was a, yeah, there was a whole level of of like, oh shit, this is cool. Like, don't get me wrong, you know, like what we call in wrestling it was a whole level of marking out, right? Like, I, I was marking out on being there. I was I meaning I was stoked. I was pumped. Like, I was like, mm -hmm. oh shit, that's the Undertaker. And then he introduced himself as Mark. I'm like, oh dude, that was cool. You know what I mean? But. To keep my demeanor like super polite, super cool. <laughs> nice to meet you too, sir. Yeah. <laughs> me and my buddy that I'm there with, you're like one of the back, like in the back room, like, dude, that was fucking Undertaker, man. You know, like, <laughs> but it was, it was cool, man. Yeah, there's definitely, um, you know, there, there's a lot of variables there, right? It, it was one because it's what I wanted to do, right? As, as a, hopefully as a profession. So, you know, it was trying to open avenues and doors. 
But two, it was fulfilling that childhood dream of, of being on the stage, right? Being on SmackDown, being on Raw, you know, never made it to WrestleMania, but that was the main goal, obviously. Right? Yeah. But yeah. There was definitely something to it for sure. From that night, I got choked on by the big show and there was a, a fan that would come to a lot of our independent shows and he wanted to be a sports photographer. So he had all this really nice equipment. He took this killer photo of me midair. I'm about to get my ass kicked pretty much, right? I'm about to lose the match. But you best believe I blew it up to a poster size and framed that shit. Hell <laughs> like, yeah. I remember that thing. Hell yeah. Charlie Weingroff told me the one time he's like, I like to do things that other people can't do. And I yeah. know he was talking about like from a that. financial standpoint, right? Okay. But that, I think that that statement for me, I was like, I get it. Like, and it's not just from a financial standpoint, but just from overall life standpoint yeah, to yeah. be able to do things that nobody else is, or very few people have had opportunity or an experience of doing. Right. I 100% agree. It goes back to what we're saying. If you don't take a shot at it, you never will do any, something cool like that. Right. You'll never, whatever it may be, right. You'll never do what other people can't do or, or even a better, I think a better way of you, you'll never do what other people won't do, right? Not that they mm. can't, right? It's that they, they won't, won't, like you said, they won't advocate the time to learning how to do said thing. On the opposite end, it's so frustrating when people pick something up so quick and you don't, right? Oh, <laughs> that, yeah, they just have that innate skill. Yeah. Working at Jiu-Jitsu for like three years, and we got my, one of my buddies over here at the time, one of my buddies over here is the coach for us now. But yeah, dude, you should come to class. Instantly picked it up. Well, he's so. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go to your class then, yeah. <laughs> and I think what's interesting is after Charlie said that, I, that really, I carry that over to training too, because it's kind of funny because we see people like Bud Jeffries and people doing unconventional things, and people are like, well, that's just stupid. Why would you do that? Because they can. Because they can. They wanted to right. see if they could. Yeah. They 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 like, said, is this something that's possible? And they went and did it. Like I got love like your new stick on Instagram or like these challenges, right? Like with the isometric hold today with the yeah. plate. Like I lost it. Oh yeah, I'm gonna try that. Like you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, why? I don't know because I want to see if I can do it. You know? Right. Like, yeah. yeah. That's like Shaolin Monk type training right? there. But, but I, and what's interesting is like we have become so regimented that people just don't want to see. But as kids, we did that, right? As kids, they don't we want just to play. Went, I was just going to say, they don't want to play anymore, right? right? That's all. Like, I'm watching my kids here, like, and he just, he just you know, wants to explore and, and, and learn and move and da, da da And at some point, I get it. I get it. Going back to contact, life happens. Keeps us up. Uh, you know, contact injuries happen. But, uh, dude, I want to be able to play for as long as I can. You know, I don't want to be 70 and have a case of stairs being my greatest nemesis. You know what yes. I mean? Like, yeah. Like, and like you said, like, play around. Like, I, I'll, why do you do it? Because I can, man. And I want to do it while I can for as long as I can. Yeah. I mean, and I know people say risk reward. Yeah. Well, you know, okay. You still weigh those. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we're doing stuff that's going to end up with us being hospitalized. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. I mean, for Let's the most part. Do a backflip off this ladder. You know, I'm good off that. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Yeah. You know, the, there's just some things you're like, well, shit, you know, I just, can I do this? Yeah. You know, here's, here's a question. Is it possible? Is it something we can do? Well, screw it. Let's see if the risk isn't very high. Okay. 
Well, screw it. Let's see if we can get this done. You know, I don't, obviously no one wants to be hurt or injured. So people are like, oh, I wouldn't do jujitsu. It's too dangerous. Or how did you not get beat up during wrestling? Well, I did for sure. But I'd rather have aches and pains for doing something cool than just sitting too much or, or losing function. You know what I mean? Like I earn, I earn these aches and pains. Right. And then I think also there's a certain amount of learning to respect your body with that comes with the bumps and bruises. You know what I mean? Like, I think one of my favorite lines actually comes from Shawshank Redemption with Stephen, you know, Stephen, when Stephen King wrote for when, when red says get busy living or get busy dying. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's okay. a there's a lot of that. I I've, I love I think that. that was comment. Fifty Cent though. Get rich or die trying. No, well, Fifty Cent, <laughs> nice try, brother. Andy Dufresne was a friend. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, apparently that's, that's my mortgage Freeman impression. I'm sorry. That wasn't very good. <laughs> Note to self: Don't have Justin imitate voices. <laughs> <laughs> You hear my Irish and my Jamaican accent. They're exactly the same, bro. I cannot figure out how to make it different. You're like the uh, Sean Connery of uh, when Sean Connery, everything's in a Scottish accent. (laughs) The Scottish Russian guy on on Hunt for October. Uh, You're like, oh, okay. All right. Sounds good. I still love the movie, but yeah, it kind of cracks me up. I mean, that's just the thing. It's, it's, if, to have fun with it, try, especially when it comes to training. If you've got chronic back issues, well, then no, you're gonna, you're not gonna do a lot of the stuff that you see us, you know, dicking around with, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. you're gonna be a little bit more cognizant. Well, of- I also feel like when I can't do something, it's a motivator for me, right? Like, mm. yeah, like you said, like, and now, like we said, if you have chronic back issues or strong camp, uh, the yeah, DJ, yeah, McCombie, DJ. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, hey, I love that, like everything he posts, right? Cause his whole, everything is about, there's no bad position, right? If you're prepared for it. Right. And so mm-hmm. like he, his thing was that, that handcuff thing. He's got the, yeah. Right, with the torch stick. To crush the, yeah. To crush behind. Why can't I do that? Right. And now I want to <laughs> know why it's, it's my shoulder, I mean, my shitty shoulder from wrestling. I'm like, well, let's fix it. You know? Like, so that's my, you know, let's do it. There's limitations. And that's just a very basic example. Right. But then there's limitations. My goal with training is figuring out why, and then what I can do to, get rid of them, I guess, you know, at least, mm-hmm. at least try to diminish them or reduce them. Yeah. Like what you just said, you saw the behind the back compression. You were like, what the, but you're working on trying to improve that as, as exactly, much right. as you can. Right. I think too many people look at it and go, yeah. And then they just blow it off and they don't even try. And you're like, well, just cause you can't do it. Doesn't mean you don't try not to do you it. You can't exactly. Just cause you can't do it now. Doesn't mean it's yeah. going to be forever. Right? You can't be good at something without being shitty first. Like, yeah, right. Some people will prove me wrong on that. There are certain things, but overall, you can't be good without being shitty first. I think, uh, well, me personally, in my parallel work, I find as I get older, I'm trying to get better at planching on the parallels yeah. as opposed to the opposite going, okay, I'm getting older. I should decrease what I'm doing on the parallels. I'm actually trying to go in the opposite direction and, and actually yeah. improve my skill on the, on the parallels and the planche. So that's been, that's been an awesome journey for me as far as being able to, you know, get one leg fully extended out at a time. Now my goal is to be able to get both legs extended out together. Right. So you need to stop working your legs up. Is that what it is? You want to let, uh, let the listeners know where they can find you on social media and uh, yeah, it's at Curly Fitness. So it's K E R L E Y, like my last name, 
very original. I know at Curly Fitness, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. If you're out in the North Colorado area, in the Front Range, we're in Fort Collins, South of Swallow College. Yeah, and we're there. We're a 24-hour facility. We got classes to help people. Uh, right, our goal. You're going on another tangent, right? Our whole goal here. I always thought like a, a good doctor is a doctor that doesn't want to see you, right? A good <laughs> trainer is a trainer that you hopefully want to keep coming back to, but you don't need to, right? <laughs> so that's kind of our goal here over here in Fort Collins. Is I I, I want to give everyone as many tools as they can to, to be able to build their own template safely for working out right to get into working out feel comfortable with the barbell feel comfortable with the kettlebell feel comfortable exploring ranges of motion and weird things on the floor like we were talking about right we don't do the snapchats or the tiktoks i don't i don't even know how to do those but <laughs> <laughs> just those two social medias for right now yeah. oh you got the new one what's the new one shit i forgot what it is I even said hive the hive yeah but I can't think of the hive and not think of freaking comic books. Like I'm just all like the yeah, hive. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh man. So yeah, because that's a new app. I haven't even looked at it. I sent you the yeah, email. I downloaded I the app and I said, "What is the hive?" So what sounds like a black market site or something? Like I don't know. I haven't looked into it yet. We signed up. I signed up for an account just because. I mean, you know, these things pop up, and you got to have. Like I TikTok, you, you gotta it. have a TikTok. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you download it and you were wrong, and it's like a dating site, and your wife is all mad at you. No, it's uh, it's a. I guess it's the newest. Social testing it out for a buddy. <laughs> 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 Justin was Justin was trying to figure out how to use this. <laughs> he couldn't figure out the interface. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the new like the the new social media for all these youngsters, all these hip hip young. Youngsters, so it's like yeah. you know so that yeah. means it's going to be the next thing basically the next big thing huh they say what the next big thing in social media is going to be is when your mom starts using it, your parents start using it right because then like oh. i have been with uh snapchat like originally it was just all the kids and then all of a sudden dude like older the older child got onto it and bam it took off right and now but then it you know it go, it, it's like right Evan flows, right? It gets too popular. The kids don't want any part of it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now comes the hive. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. they move on to something else. Uh, into, yeah. yeah. It's very true. That's very true. Well, thank you everyone for listening. 24 hour one. We could just chat uh, about all kinds of. So after this one, guys, hang out. We're going to talk about comic books and social media. Oh, <laughs> well, okay. Well, okay. Let's. But how many people, how many of our peers love comic books? There's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of them, man. Yeah. You know, it's a cool time. Remember, remember you think it's eighty percent? You think it's that uh, high? Yeah, I think it's pretty high. It's pretty out of trainers. I don't know about like reading comic books, but we're like in, but like, into like, like superhero Instagram? stuff. Like, isn't that ha- like some of the motivation of why we all became like oh, started lifting weights? Yeah. Right. <laughs> See, but the, the, the problem Batman is that superheroes don't train. Those sons of bitches. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we know. What if they did? <laughs> right throughout the history of mankind man is always thought of gods and demigods and superheroes are basically just our yeah. you know our updated version of of the greek and norse mythology type stuff right and i think that's i mean so even even i Christian got into coach. mythology right like superman how many times has been referred to as jesus right like right yeah with the rather and i just each their own their beliefs but like even in the Zack snyder films the most recent ones right still the same yeah, yeah pretty much yeah in the fitness industry i think the vast majority of us are at some level you know into the whole comic book and and superhero type of mythologies 
Yeah. Because we, we kind of, I mean, the least for me, that was a big motivation for starting to lift weights was, was seeing, you know, you growing want to up reading that, that stuff. Yeah. I want, I wanted to be Batman. You know, you're it like, was, you yeah. know, it, for me, it was the same. It was, it was comic books and pro wrestling, right? Like, yeah. Man, oh, it's ultimate warrior. I want to be like, him. Hey, not notice, <laughs> you know, like, how out of shape the dude really was. <laughs> He'd run to the ring. And be <laughs> 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 yeah. But yeah, dude, comic books. Exactly. You wanted to be Batman. You wanted to be the badass, right? Yeah, the for sure. The, the heart of gold. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I always liked Dr. Doom myself. Oh, Dr. you were Do- a villain, bro. That dude, I, dude, I <laughs> loved my, most of my favorite characters are Dr. Doom, Magneto, Deadpool is fantastic. People that just kind of like are kind of on the other side type thing. My mom always worried about my brother because he always cheered for the the Cobra and the Decepticons. Like, <laughs> he, the he never cheered for the good guys. <laughs> Your mom's like, where did I go wrong? Why did you always where? cheer for the villains? <laughs> <laughs> they gotta have fans too, man. Everybody's yeah, gotta have a support <laughs> system. You can't be leaving them out. Let's be honest. Where does Cobra? Where does Cobra get their henchmen? Do you put ads out on LinkedIn for that shit? Craigslist? Yeah, I don't know. Like looking for looking for a job, looking for a new adventure. <laughs> Want to okay, kill? You know, any organization, right? any terrorist organization, right? Yeah. Do you yeah. want to work for an organization whose goal is to dominate the world? I mean, you know, taking applications. Uh, when you put it that way, like, right? Kind of cool. I'm just saying, like, how else do you put that shit out there, right? I mean, it's kind of one of those things, right? Yeah, and so for all you listeners out there, this is the shit we used to talk about. Like, this is what we talk about. We get together road trips, talking about a lot of road trips, (laughs) talking about crazy shit. So, thank you all for joining us, and uh, until next episode, be good to each other.